0: Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The
1: CIA really need your help,
0: Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run!
1: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. HowStuffWorks.com
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. My name is Ben
2: Bolin, and we are here in Atlanta, Georgia. Summertime, and the living is easy. Although, to be honest,
1: walking out here is like walking into a bowl of soup. It is definitely the heat of the year. I don't know how to, how better to say that. It's, it's hot, hot, hot. And, uh, you know what? We're gonna get into this in a moment here, but there's some, uh, there's some ways to save fuel that may involve, uh, well, the temperature you're feeling in inside your car. Yes, and uh, I don't know if I can boy. Some of these I'm going to have to disagree with. We've had lists in the past that you know I've said I don't really believe in this, and I think uh, I think there's a couple here that you and I may have a problem with, mm-hmm. um, just out of our own comfort.
2: Now, the, to be honest, these these ideas of fuel tips. Uh, this comes from an article on our site. Mm-hmm. Uh, these fuel tips can apply in a general sense uh, as as my podcast partner has mentioned uh, our circumstances in our city definitely this time of year uh, may change
1: some of these for yeah. us. And your circumstances may vary as well. Absolutely. And so let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to hear about it. Yeah, because some some of these will work in some parts of the world and others won't. And um, honestly, you know, it's just kind of personal preference. I mean, these, these yeah. are the most basic things that you can do to uh, and it, we call it real ways our, our articles t- titled 10 real ways to save fuel mm. and um, you know honestly it's it's a good list yeah it, it truly is and it's really these are things that you could do to save fuel there's probably more out there i'm sure mm-hmm. but um, you know it's just a common sense list
2: there's a lot of there's a lot of goofy BS, and by that I mean bullsnot, uh, ways that people will tell you you can save fuel, like let's bust the air filter myth now, mm-hmm. that applied once upon a ago. <laughs> once, once upon a, a long ago, yeah, you yeah, like that one? Sure. Uh, that, that used to apply, uh, but now with newer car models, I'd say from, what would you guess, maybe 80s on? Oh, boy, I don't
1: but, know. But
2: oh, the point being that right now – Changing an air filter is not likely to improve your fuel efficiency.
1: Well, maybe a little bit, not, not anything dramatic. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, you do an intake system or something like that where mm. it completely changes the whole system. Uh, that's something a little bit different. You may see some gains there, but, uh, honestly, fuel filters are, are beginning To be built equal, and I know that you know someone who sells Canon filters may say, "No, wait a minute, we've got Mm -hmm. stats that say different." But honestly, they're getting much, much better, and and they're beginning to equal each other, is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Uh, It may still have a little bit of an edge if you buy one of the the cotton filters that you know you can re-oil and they're good for hundred thousand miles, et cetera. But um, yeah, you're right. I think that uh, it's beginning to become more of a level playing field.
2: So we'll play top ten rules here. We'll start with ten maybe yeah
1: let's do that and you know what let's let's just plan to make this kind of a a, a quick yeah explanation with each one maybe mm-hmm. and and you know what we feel about it and then we're on to the next one okay absolutely let's do it that way. All right, you want to go with number ten? Yeah, number ten is avoid idling or mm-hmm. don't idle sure. Now this one, a lot of people, uh, well, there's there's an argument over this one because there's the whole thing about warming up the car, getting the uh, getting the car, you know, warmed up in the winter time. How yep. long should you let it idle? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Do you think it's necessary?
2: Now you know, I don't come from a cold environment. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that when I have, I when I have warmed up my car and let it idle in cold weather, mm-hmm. it's usually been with the hot air on on the defrost so that I can. Change the temperature of the windshield and make okay. it a little easier to get the ice
1: off. Easier to scrape. Yeah. Okay, that's understood. So you're not necessarily going for warming up the engine to proper operating temperature no. and, and trying to uh, make sure that the oil's circulating throughout the whole thing and you know all that. Now it, we know that oil gets thin. Or, right. I'm sorry, it gets thicker. Thicker. In, thicker yeah. in cold weather. That's it true. It loses uh, viscosity. That is true. But you know what? The oil's going to flow through the engine. Right when you turn the key on. I mean mm-hmm. there's there's a very, very short amount of time where, you know, some areas may not have oil coating them. Um, even in thick you know, even when the oil's thick. You know, a dramatic difference there's gonna there's always gonna be an exception. Yeah. It was going to be the uh someone you know in Alaska that it's forty below actual temperature and the oil is like you know thicker than syrup. Oh yeah, and they're out there with a (laughs) hairdryer. Yeah, or they've got, you know, the heater, you know, the block heater, or they just let them run twenty four hours a day, let Mm -hmm. them idle. But honestly, a lot of people, you know, kind of fall into this, you know, is one minute an appropriate amount of time? Is ten seconds the amount of Mm -hmm. amount of time that you let it warm up? I think that, you know, as long as you do uh keep the revs low, uh you know personally i don't i don't do this i even in cold weather my hand was going right from the key from starting the vehicle over to this to the gear shift mm-hmm. uh to put it in reverse and back out of the garage or yeah. you know, the driveway and uh honestly I, I don't see much benefit to letting the car idle other than wasting fuel mm-hmm. um if you keep the revs low if you don't overtax the engine immediately as soon as you leave the driveway Now, I
2: know I'm going to sound uh, way too thrifty on this, but we have a lot of traffic in our city. Mm -hmm. So this is another case where it's it's very easy to spend a great deal of time idling in traffic. Oh, and we both do. We We absolutely do. do. So sometimes I
1: just pull over or I leave work a little (laughs) later. You know what I think is a bad idea? What's that? Shutting the car off in traffic.
2: That's – you know, people have recommended that sometimes. That's a terrible idea. I, you know, it's that's, dangerous.
1: I think that's people that adhere to this 10-second rule because if they say we're going to be idling more than 10 seconds, I'm turning the car off. and, mm. I, and It's cheaper to start it up again. It's not like the old carbureted cars where you, know, you had to fill the line, fill the uh, yeah. fill the float, fill, make sure that it started you – know, you're not using more fuel to start the car. Uh, than you did to idle that 10 seconds. So, mm-hmm. uh, some people say if I'm gonna be parked and I can see ahead, I'm gonna turn the car off. But to me, that just may leave you stuck in traffic. I mean, there's an off chance that it's not gonna start again for whatever reason. It could be 10 other reasons that the car doesn't start up sure. again. Sure, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's one of those things where the risk outweigh the benefits. Alright, so don't idle. That's number yeah. 10. Number nine. Number nine, running the air conditioner. Now, this is one that you uh, maybe have the uh, the greatest opposition to. Yes.
2: Yeah, so the idea here is that, uh, is that after a certain speed, it becomes more fuel efficient to have your windows up and your air conditioning on because you're reducing drag. That's that,
1: That's absolutely true.
2: That is absolutely true. And then the other idea is that when you're below this speed threshold, it's more efficient to keep your windows down and rely on those to provide your ventilation and your fresh air. Correct. I disagree when it is summer in the south mm-hmm. uh, and in other very hot climates, especially if they're very humid the way that Atlanta tends to be, mm-hmm. uh, you can have your windows down and it will just be miserable.
1: Yeah. You know, I was just just last week in Michigan and uh, the actual temperature was something like 102 or 100 wow. – maybe it's 100. But the car uh, thermometer, the, the digital readout read 102 actual temperature. Jeez. So um, you know, awful darn hot. Still wanted to keep the windows up, of course. But when you get down here into the south and you talk about like Florida and Alabama and yeah. uh, Louisiana and Georgia, the humidity will just suck the life right out of you. You have to – there's – that's the other thing that the air conditioner does. It removes the humidity from the air and it's – it's so much better. It just feels so much better to be in, even even in a parked car, than mm-hmm. um, to have the windows down and you have like what what it, what amounts to almost like a, a blast from an oven mm-hmm. uh, coming through the window. It's hot air blowing on you and it's very unpleasant. So um I don't know. I, I agree with this one. You know, in certain locations that run in the air, sometimes you just you just have to. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah that's the thing. This we're not saying this tip is not
1: accurate mm-hmm. we're just saying that you have to pay for it no the, the point of this one was running yeah. the air and, and fuel savings and and definitely you're you're saving fuel if you've got the windows down at low speeds mm-hmm. and at, on highway you know on highway speed or at highway speeds yeah you've got the windows up in order to reduce drag but you've got the AC on you're still benefiting you're still gaining mileage. Mm-hmm. Uh by doing that you're, you're you're much more fuel efficient if you're doing that
2: and speaking of speed and fuel that takes mm-hmm. us to number eight driving 55 miles an hour mm-hmm. now i need i need your input on this speed demon
1: <laughs> <laughs> my input uh not even so much speed demon really is that uh 55 is you know we're talking about highway speeds of course right. driving 55 because some people you know you'll notice that Around here, around, you know, just about every city, really, mm-hmm. you find that everybody pushes that speed limit up quite a bit. I mean, people are traveling at 70, 75, 80 miles an hour.
2: Yeah, the average, I think, in Atlanta would probably be more between 65 and 75. Yeah, it's
1: more, it's like 125 average speed here <laughs> in Atlanta. So, uh, people are traveling at, at a high rate of speed. But you'll find that you know there's an actually an ideal speed for every vehicle based on the way the car is designed, the engine size, the, the the rolling resistance. You know there's there's this ideal speed for every single vehicle, and it's individual. And you can there is literally an equation you can
2: use to calculate this speed. That's right, uh, which is on our website. Hint, yeah, hint. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We, uh, we're not going to cover that right now. So take a look at <laughs> howstuffworks.com and find that. But. Uh, that speed can vary anywhere between 40 and 60 miles per hour. I mean, it's a dramatic difference in vehicles and the way the car is built and the way it's shaped and the Mm -hmm. way, you know, the size of the tires and the inflation that's there. Um, it's, it's different for every car. Now, when you go up, let's say that you are driving 55. True. This is kind of a stat that's kind of a baseline that you can just think about it this way. If you're going from if you're going fifty-five and then you jump up to sixty-five, mm-hmm. typically you're using about fifteen percent more fuel in that same amount of time. So you're losing fifty or you're decreasing your fuel efficiency by about fifteen percent mm-hmm. going from just fifty-five to sixty-five. Now beyond that, it grows up even more because you're fighting wind resistance, you're fighting again rolling resistance. There's a lot of different force factors involved here. Uh, but again, driving fifty-five not always possible. In fact, sometimes it's dangerous uh, to drive 55 in, in, in yeah. our city. In our city, it's dangerous to drive 55 on the highway. So do it if you can.
2: In some places, it may not be practical, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, uh, which goes back to speaking of city driving. Let's mm-hmm. go to number seven. Don't drive like a maniac. <laughs> I like oh, the title on that one. <laughs> I like the title, uh, too. It's actually the page title is Don't Drive Like a Maniac. But what they're really talking about is uh, the acceleration deceleration problem. Mm-hmm. That's right, or the the conundrum, I guess. So the hare and the tortoise. Yeah, if you're one of the people like me, uh, so you will in a two lane road at an intersection. If you want to get around people, and there's nobody in the other lane, you'll get next to the other car, right? Mm-hmm. I know you totally do that too, right? Sure. And uh, it's not a race or anything. All the time. It's, it's just, uh, it's just a way to go a little faster so you don't have to wait for the next person. Yes. But, uh, if you are accelerating, uh, I think our article says peeling out as soon as the light turns green and then you get to another light and you have to slam on your brakes. You're not getting,
1: uh, the most, the highest efficiency out of your car. Exactly. Now the person that is getting the highest efficiency is the one that accelerates slowly, mm-hmm. maybe doesn't even have to brake. Now in a timed light situation in the city... That's tough. That's, no, it's easier. Is it? It's easier if you're, if, if you're able to time it. It's tough if you get into the cycle where it's you're hitting every red light. Oh no way! It's That's easier tough. if
2: you know the timing. If yeah. you know the timing okay. and the
1: traffic conditions allow for it, because oftentimes you know you know the timing, you, mm-hmm. you know that the lights are timed, but you're in traffic that just doesn't allow it to happen. It's start stop. It's it's there's it's unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, there's only certain times when that really works, and you know the the volume has a lot to do with it. Traffic volume. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I've I've seen this so many times. You've even seen this in kids' cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, someone's super speedy and they, they just accelerate really hard from the light and they have to brake, slam on the brakes at the next light and the guy that's kind of puttering along in the, uh, the comical little jalopy. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's just slow and steady, just right straight through everyone, never slows down, never stops, never accelerates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, soon enough, the guy in the speedy car, you know, his fuel gauge is on empty. Mm-hmm. And the car is making that chuggy noise that, you know, they make it make and coughing and wheezing. And maybe the tongue hangs out in the front yeah, of the car. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then the other guy, he looks at his fuel gauge and it's still halfway full. He's got that green light zen. Exactly. And just goes right past it. So, it, again, it's like the tortoise and the hare thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, slow and steady wins the race. That's true uh, when you're talking about don't don't drive like a maniac. But acceleration, think of it as if you've got a an egg between your foot and the pedal. Nice. And you're accelerating Uh, Think of it that way, just slow and easy, and uh, you'll definitely save fuel. It's not always so easy to do. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I've tried, and it (laughs) lasts about maybe two or three lights, and then I'm done. I'm over it.
2: Yeah, I do do try to do my best. I got a lot better about deceleration, but I am still – trying to work on my foot when it comes to acceleration. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I should actually put an egg
1: under my foot. Maybe. I still have the urge to hit the gas when you're going downhill for some reason. Yeah, yeah. What's that all about?
2: I don't know, man. I love roller coasters. (laughs) Uh, So, okay. Thrilling. This one, the next one, number six, is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is actually
1: a list of several things. Uh, It's hypermiling. Yeah, we're on number six, and it's hypermiling. And i got to tell you right up front, We've had a hypermiling podcast where, uh, we said this at the time, some of these are really bad ideas.
2: Yeah, some of, uh, as the, far as safety. Uh, yeah, my least favorite is drafting, which they do mention mm. in
1: this, in this list. It, oh. Drafting can be really dangerous. Yeah, drafting is one of the ones that, you know, where you get close behind a vehicle and the, uh, the force pulls you along, you Yeah, just sort people. of riding their wake. Yeah, exactly. Drafting just as in racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't – boy, I'm looking at this list here. It's it, – you know, on the list on the – in the article, only has about five, maybe yeah. six. And um, I, I can't pick one that I like the least. <laughs> we really
2: <laughs> drill down into hypermiling in one of our earlier shows. Yes. Uh, hypermiling is less like one fuel-saving tip and more like a
1: lifestyle choice. Exactly. For this some is, people. This is a dramatic driving uh, uh, correction really. Yeah. Um, it it – If you haven't been taught these from the very beginning, a lot of these are tough to really get a grasp on. They're they're tough to do because, like Ben said, it's like a lifestyle change, really, when you come down to it because you do some things automatically. And this kind of, some of these are counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Some of the things are, you know, we just mentioned drive 55. Uh, 55 would be like the maximum speed that a hypermiler would drive. Yeah. Uh, Never go beyond that. Uh, No AC and windows up, Ben. In all situations. To reduce the friction. That's in, that's the, the in low speed situations. That's in high speed situations. And you know, we're talking, that's pretty extreme. Windows mm. up, no AC. That's, uh, well. We also yeah. talked about turning off your car in traffic. Yeah. Which hypermilers off. do. At, at a, a stoplight, even. You mm-hmm. know, if you're going to stop at a light for anything, you know, any temp period of time, uh, shut, they shut off the car. The other one is, um, well, coasting with the car off, which is a terrible idea to me. Yeah. Um, you know, that affects your steering, your braking. There's a lot of things that don't work when you shut that car off, and you gotta really be mm. aware of what does and does not work when you switch that key off. Yeah. Big one. Big safety issue. Uh, overinflating tires also. Also a safety issue. Yeah. Um, now Perf- it may save you some fuel, mm. uh, you know, with rolling resistance, and you can buy special rolling, no, low rolling resistance tires now. Yeah. Uh, but overinflating your tires to get the same effect? Not so good.
2: Yeah, cause imagine how slow your car is going to be when those tires pop. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I mean, you hit a, no, that's right. Yeah, and you hit a, a pothole or you hit a curb and yeah. you're more or less guaranteed to blow out.
2: Now, I, I know it sounds like we're really dogging on hypermiling, but I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of it in moderation. Mm-hmm. There, there's some really good arguments and one of them is actually, uh, number five, mm-hmm. cleaning out your trunk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a simple one. Yeah. That's the easiest one, maybe, is just don't carry all that weight around. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to mm-hmm. reducing the weight that your car is carrying. It's very, very... um I don't know, it's just so logical to me. It's one of the basic principles that you should follow is that you don't need to be carrying around extra stuff that you really mm. don't need to cart all over town.
2: Unless it's absolutely necessary, like my collection of vintage bricks and dumbbells. Very important. Very <laughs> important. Very we important. have
1: those. Yeah, that's right. And historic bricks, things like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, point.
2: just taking off the weight, of taking the weight off of your vehicle will increase your weight-to-power ratio or power-to-weight ratio, excuse <laughs> me, and uh, will make your vehicle Run noticeably more efficiently, especially if you have a bunch of junk in there. Mm-hmm. You lift weights? Uh, I do, and I don't as much as I should.
1: Don't be so shy. I, 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 I It's like the gun show over there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I just don't want to make you mad. You may rip out of that shirt.
2: Oh you know, like, no! Incredible yeah. Hulk style. Well, you know, actually, I'm I'm out of those shirts. I, <laughs> I sent off. They're only made at this
1: one company in China. All right, let's move on. All right, yeah. Uh, so what's number four? <laughs> number four get a tune up now. I don't know about this one. I'm going to say that, you know, maintenance is important always. Right. Um getting a tune up, yeah, sure it's going to save you some some fuel. Um you know because you're getting better, you know, your spark is better if you get better new spark plugs. Yep. Electronic ignitions, things like that, these 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 have really come a long way in helping Fuel economy because it's computers that map out the, the programs for how your car runs and how how fuel efficient it is really or the way it burns fuel I should say. Mm. Um, so that has come a long way as far as um, you know electronic ignition over distributors ignition systems. Definitely, but you know the, the the plugs and the wires and everything like that that's still very important. And you know it, what normally comes with a tune up is um, air filters which you mentioned earlier, yep. oil change things like that keeping the fluids fresh. Right, all that's vital. Uh, keep your car running as smooth as possible
2: now uh yeah that's that's a really good point because you should get a tune-up uh you need to to take care of your car mm-hmm. you should not expect it to make your car 30 percent more efficient that's or something.
1: where that's where i'm i'm yeah. seeing the the problem this is kind of more of a uh you know keep it running smoothly and, and it'll uh it won't fail you Right. Um, you know, you'll notice, you may even, not even notice the gains. It may be that, that minor, but you will gain, you will gain some miles mm-hmm. per gallon in the long run. You know, maybe per tank full. Yeah. You're gonna notice a, you know, a little bit of a gain. Stretches a little bit further. Exactly. But it's not gonna be so dramatic that you're gonna say, wow, I just filled up, uh, I haven't filled up since last month and it must be this new tune-up. I'll tell you, the next one
2: is kinda dramatic. What's that? At least in my experience. Number three, checking your tires. Mm-hmm. This is uh, a big one. This is a big one. I used to have a slow leak in the back right tire of my vehicle. And, uh, because this was an underinflated tire, my ga- I noticed that I was filling up the gas tank more often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an egregious leak. I never let it get really flat or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did end up getting, uh, new tires. Uh, I just got the back two because I'm lazy. Yeah. Uh, sidebar. You should try to <laughs> always get, All four tires Well, two or four. Two or four, I know. But I I really did go a little bit too thrifty. Yeah. Uh, So you can – when you have these at the
1: proper inflation, you can really save some gas. Can I mention something here? Yeah. You know, you said uh, you had a slow leak. Yeah. And other people that, you know, maybe there's a weather change because the, the, the pressure in your chair and your tires changes with the weather. Good call. Um, you know, with the heat and with the cold. Now, a lot of times, you know, your tire may look a little bit low. By the time it gets to the point where it looks a little bit low, you'd be surprised if you put a gauge on that tire. There's no pressure. You'd find out that sometimes there's 15 or 20 pounds of pressure in that tire. And that's extremely low. Because most tires, you know, we're talking 32 pounds. You know, it may mm-hmm. go up to – the maximum maybe be 44, but mm-hmm. you don't want to do that really no. Um, in most cases. uh, But, yeah, you'd be surprised how low the pressure is in a tire when it looks low. And you need to catch it before that. So it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you should check off. And I know people say it all the time, but it really does – this makes a big, big difference in fuel mm-hmm. and, you know, the amount of fuel that you use. And honestly – you know, you just don't understand how low it is until you really put a gauge on it and find out. And you know, I think a lot of people who do this, and I'm going to say that there are several people out there that will be shocked how, how low their fuel or rather their mm-hmm. tire pressure is when they check it finally.
2: And the scary part is when you put the fuel gauge up there, uh, to reinflate the tire and then you think you're adding a little bit of
1: air. Mm-hmm. But the gauge doesn't even move. Yeah, you're basically driving a flat tire. Yeah, that's right. It's it's incredible. It, yeah, and it'll take a long time before the car actually you actually see that that tire start to inflate, you mm-hmm. know, physically see it inflate and lift the vehicle up a little bit. That's that's always kind of an eye opener. What's your take on number two? I really want to hear you talk All about right. this. One. Number two. All right, this is uh, <laughs> invest in a fuel efficient car. Okay,
0: I've got a <laughs> uh, I've
1: got a and this I can I can just. Break this down into two quick sentences. Sure. This doesn't necessarily have to be a hybrid car. Okay. That's, that's the first thing. The second thing is that, you know, when we say a fuel efficient car, invest in a fuel efficient car, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean hybrid, but something better than what you've got right now. That will make the biggest difference. I mean, it, I understand that you know you can't always go out and buy a new car that's more efficient than the one you got because they're always making more efficient cars. Absolutely. Um, but you know, let's say that you've got a ten-year-old um, Honda that uh, you want to replace with a new Honda because you like that car. Um you're going to find that it's going to be a dramatic increase in fuel and you're talking apples to apples comparison we're not talking about buy a hybrid because you know we've had this discussion where we talked about you know paying a premium up front how long it takes to regain mm. that recapture that that savings in fuel costs and it's a, it's a very long time yeah even with fuel prices high um but I, my take is on it that you know when we say this yeah, I agree with that statement, but it doesn't have to be a hybrid because everybody jumps to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. It has to be a hybrid. That's not what we're saying.
2: Right. It could also be uh, – there, there are some pretty good diesel models that yeah. would be more there's fuel some, efficient. Some
1: great diesel models yeah. out there now.
2: And uh, there are also – see, there's there's a number of ways to make a vehicle more fuel efficient, and they do not rely exclusively on hybrid technology. Mm-hmm. Um, Not that we're saying hybrids are bad. Please nope. delete the email you're about no, to send. No, not at
1: all. And and yeah. honestly, you can buy a used car that would be more efficient than the one you've got. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. There's, there's a, a ton of different ways to look at this. I mean, mm. if you're going from a, a great big gas-sucking V8 engine to a, a four-cylinder, even a six-cylinder, mm. you're going to save fuel there.
2: And if you want to be, be sure about that, you can also uh, – run the formula we mentioned earlier about your car's ideal speed for fuel economy sure.
1: you could check the epa estimates and just Excellent. get a just yeah. get a general idea of what it should be getting or what your car does get versus what mm. the new one will get um even if it's a used car you know those numbers go far back you can you can trace some of these things and find out what it was rated at and now we need a drum roll because we're up to number one are number you ready yeah I'm ready. You do drive less
2: Wait, what? Oh, come on. That's number one? Can we have a – Drive less? Can we have an anticlimactic oh, sound? Oh, my gosh. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah,
1: that's it. How about that? That's
2: good enough. <sighs> Duh. It's true. It's like that riddle. Who's buried in Grant's tomb? Yeah, okay. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so obviously you will uh, save money on gas if you don't drive
1: as much. Sorry, Ben. I'm just under-enthused about this one because yeah. uh, it kind of goes against – what I believe, and that I I try to be in my car at every moment I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to drive. I I, I could not. Re- I'm <sighs> boy. This gets so deep because we we start talking about like you know pu- uh, public transportation and alternative fuels and mm. alternative ways to get around. You know bicycling sure. and yeah. uh, you know electric vehicles and we talk about all this stuff all the time. But I, I love to drive, and I've got a car that I love driving, and and it's a it's you know regular. Gasoline engine, mm-hmm. um, not extremely efficient but relatively efficient. Yeah. But I, I like to spend a lot of time behind the wheel. It, mm-hmm. Just drive less is is hard for me. I like to drive more. I would like to drive more than I do now.
2: I drive for fun. I really miss the days when – I'm dating myself here. I really miss the days when gas was uh, at a price that allowed me to just fill up the tank a couple times and – and drive as far as I could yeah. in in a few days off and then just turn around and drive back. Yeah. You, ha- you have to think a lot more carefully about how you spend money I, now. I
1: love doing that. And yeah. you know what? And and honestly, to, to be realistic about this, I mean, the, the title of the article is 10 Real Ways to Save Fuel. And there's no better way to save fuel than to, well, to, to, to drive less.
2: Yes. Well played how stuff works. It really is. Yeah. I,
1: mean, I mean, that's – it, it sounds so basic and so, uh, so mm. elementary, you know, mm. that that's what you do. You just leave the car parked. Or, um, maybe you don't even own a car. Sell the car. How about that? That's number one. Sell the car. <laughs> now, here's a, here's something I will say that,
2: that is kind of in defense of point number one. A lot of people and listeners, you know who you are are kind of bad about driving when they could walk. Mm. And I'm talking to the people who go into very large shopping complexes, you know, Mm. where you have a a clothing store, you have a a retail store, grocery store, and they're spread out and they have various different parking areas. Mm -hmm. You don't have to drive. I'm not going to name any names, though. I know some people, I'm sure you do, (laughs) who do this. You don't have to, if you park at store A and store B... Is within like sight distance yeah. and not even a, uh, an eight minute walk or mm-hmm. something. You do you really need to to drive the
1: parking lot? Eight minutes. Some of these are forty five seconds away if you walk. Right, right. I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, I get it. But, and, um yeah, I understand. There's the there's but the, the but again, that's I such
2: comp- a small thing. Admittedly, it it would take a very very long time to add up into
1: concrete fuel savings. What if it's raining or snowing?
2: What if it's rainy? So, what if it's hot in summer in Atlanta, man? <laughs> dress, As we said, these don't apply to everyone. Dress appropriately. Yeah, I, that would be your answer. I, I don't know. It is. It is true, though. Drive less. Hey, you know what? I wish Did we... you say
1: an eight-minute walk. Yeah, I'd be exhausted. <laughs> I'd have to stop off for like a Coney dog on the way, maybe or oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> Eight minutes. Oh, have you seen
2: that Coney Dog and Oxygen Stand? No, I can't. That's
1: perfect. That's perfect for me. Where is it? It's
2: amazing that oh, they good. go together. Great. Um, yeah, okay. So until, until we get some good Zorbing Lines in Atlanta, um. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah, I want, Very I really nice. want to try it. Um, until we get some good Zorbing Lines in Atlanta, we're going to have to apply these tips. And these are real ways to save fuel. Mm-hmm. We'll have to apply these tips. As we can to our vehicles and we hope uh, wherever you're listening that you're learning some useful things that you can apply. You probably already knew a lot of these to be honest with you listeners. Um, but maybe this will inspire you to uh, do what I did. Take your dumbbells and your brick collection out of your trunk.
1: <laughs> That's very good advice for anybody.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of mobile brick collection <laughs> And collectors.
1: collect better things.
2: <laughs> collect lighter yeah, things. <laughs> no, better things. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Okay. I love those bricks. Sorry. Uh, no, no, but hey, – you, you know what? You I yeah. got
1: another – I'm just keeping it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I got another you got flash. A I got an idea. What? I got an idea. You know what we should do? What? We should have a podcast soon about um hoaxes, fuel-saving <sighs> hoaxes, like things that don't work. Oh, like that we have, snake we do have, oil you add in your car. <laughs> we have not We have an article on on fuel-saving devices that have turned out to be hoaxes. And mm-hmm. I think people might be interested in that because, you know, some some people may be saying, like, well, what if I were to add one of those spinning vortex air intakes? Oh, going yeah, work? yeah. You know, that may uh, – or the, uh, the the mystery oil that I need to add to my fuel every month. You know, that Ooh. that seems to work real well. So um, maybe we should do something like that, too. I think that's a great idea. We've given them real ways to save fuel. Yeah. yeah maybe we should tell them some of the ways that don't work. And you know what? This this could be cool. I'll tell you what, guys. We are going to do that one.
2: We want to hear from you before we go on the air because we'd love to listen to your stories about hoaxes for saving fuel. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, eh? So, uh... Uh, help us out, drop us a line on Facebook and Twitter, uh, and check out our website if you'd like to read the article to get some more detail on this. And if you want to help us out with our upcoming hoaxes episode, send us a line with your favorite, uh, fuel saving hoax at carstuff at com. Be sure to check out
0: our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport, and I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality. Podcast.